Welcome to another edition of TSC Music's Music with a Mission, where our purpose is to perpetuate and promote the Christian and positive idea through the medium of music and other arts. We thank you for joining us again, and we pray that you are being blessed of the Lord today. We've got in the room with us today a mixture of personalities, individuals who serve in various capacity of ministry here in Times Square Church and throughout New York City on their jobs and some other areas. Particularly, they serve in the music ministry here at Times Square Church. We're grateful for this roundtable discussion. If you are following us on Facebook or Twitter, we do ask you to join the conversation as we move along. We're back, and we thank you again for joining us here at TSC Music, Music with a Mission. We've got in the studio today a good, a plethora of personalities and talents and skills and people of God. And, and instead of me trying to introduce them all, I'm going to have you introduce yourselves. Uh, give us your serial rank, social security numbers, credit card, etc. Uh, we're going to start to my immediate left. Hello, my name is Hetty Figueroa, and um, I've been here 17 years. I I'm in the choir, and I also manage the music table. Hello, everyone. My name is Toby. Um, I've been in the YPC for nine years. Hello, my name is Gabrielle Kowalski. I've been here for about five years. I'm a high school leader. I'm in the YPC, and I'm in the drama ministry. Hello, my name is Ivory McDonald. I've been here for about 19 years uh, in YPC and also one of the worship leaders here. Hi, my name is Hugh. I've only been here in the choir, actually, probably a little bit over a year I've been here at Times Square Church since 2005. Hi, my name is Patrick Wilson. I've been here uh, maybe about 20 years, and I serve in the choir also. I'm Peggy Kim. I've been at Times Square Church for 20 years, and this will be my 17th year in the choir. Started out in YPC and then went over to APC. Hey, man, you guys sound so, so scared. Yeah. <laughs> Hearts beating a little Thank you for coming. <laughs> Uh, this group, we handpicked them. Um, well, actually, we randomly picked you, to be honest with you. Uh, there's so many people that we could have chosen and so many people to choose from, as you are aware, in the choirs and the music ministry here. But we wanted to get a, a, a good uh, mixture of people from different backgrounds, different experiences, some who've been here a year, or a little less than a year, or a little over a year, excuse me, Hugh, and some who have been here for as long as 20 years, Patrick, Peggy, Hetty, 15 years. So you guys have been around this for a long time. You also love music. You don't just sing in the choirs, but you love music. And uh, I assume you all have some kind of audio device, MP3 player, iPod or something. You've got a good mixture of material on your your device that you listen to. Uh, Hugh, you've been here for a year, just a little over a year. You're in the choir. But you have a music background prior to this. Is that right? That's correct. Um, so I've actually only been singing in the choir for about a year, but long, long time ago, um, when I was in Jamaica, actually, I I was in, in worship. I was a worship leader, and I was in my teenage years and coming up all through that time. So uh, I you, guess you look like it. 31, 32. You mean long time ago? Well, <laughs> thank you for being so generous. <laughs> I'm actually a little bit. Closer to the four zero than I than I actually look. Um, <laughs> okay, 
but thank God for that, actually. So, yes, I, I do have a music background from a very long time ago. Good, good. And you're from Jamaica? Yes, sir. Now, that's... Now yeah, we got, we got yeah, yeah. We've got... Uh, Jamaica, We've yeah. got three tri- from Jamaica. Well, you're not, you're not from Jamaica. You're a, a heritage. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. That's <laughs> so Jamaica's in the house. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So uh, now, now obviously, worship in Jamaica is very different. I've been there, and it's it's quite different from what we do here in the states, and certainly different from what we do here in, in Times Square. Tell me a little bit about what you remember, though, in your worship environment in Jamaica. Um. Well, it, it it is actually a combination of what we have experienced here. Actually, maybe the, the best experience is sometimes we sing that song. Um, I guess it's the the, the Caribbean medley. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got my mind made up. Right. That that actually is a good representation okay. of, of of worship in in, in Jamaica. Right. Um, that actually, you know, it uh, it starts there sometimes, and then it it you know explodes into something much more majestic. Uh, it has a lot of, of our, our reggae music background, a heavy mm-hmm. bass line, uh-huh. as I'm sure Patrick can probably attest to. And um, it, it, it actually is very, very, very energetic, very involved. People get very involved. Um, some people equate it to a kind of Pentecostal uh-huh. experience. Um, so it runs the whole gamut yeah. as well. Awesome. Patrick, you are... 39, 40, you look like... Uh, a few times. <laughs> <laughs> you've been here 20 years. Yeah. And you've been in the choir that whole time. Is that right? Um, not the whole time. Okay. Um, maybe f- uh, I was in the choir for four of those years. Okay. Yeah. For four of the 20 years? For the 20 years, yeah. I've been in the choir since, yeah, maybe about 17 years okay. or so. Okay. Yeah. And and when you came here, you did you come straight from Jamaica? Uh, yes. Yeah. So you came right from a culture of worship yes. to something completely different. What was that like? Uh, my experience in worship there in Jamaica was a little different from Hughes, actually, because when I came here, I came from a more staid background. Um, people were more a little bit more reserved. So when I came into Times Square, the Times Square Church worship environment, I felt like the guy at the on-ramp who couldn't quite get his old Ford up to speed, <laughs> you know, and the traffic was moving by at 90 or 95, wow. and I just couldn't seem to access it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but after a while, I mean, there were, at that time, people were playing tambourines and doing all kinds of things. Um, but eventually, I, I, you know, I, I got into it, and mm-hmm. um, um, now I'm really enjoying it. Now, what, what part of Jamaica are you from? I'm from a part of, Man- of of Jamaica called Mandeville. It's in the interior. It's uh, different from Hugh. He's a city boy, okay. a country boy. So you know, there's a little bit of <laughs> thus the difference in the experience. Yes, That's yes. what I was trying to get at. How yes. far apart were you? Yes. That made the experience so different. Because I'm thinking, you know, in Jamaica, there's one culture. Most people probably think this way. There's one culture. You know, that's that reggae thing happening, and it's it's culture wide. Is that right? But I, I think actually maybe the major difference was because where I grew up in Kingston, which is actually the capital, I also grew up in a big church in Kingston, mm-hmm. kind of like Times Square Church here. Right. You know, actually I believe the church that I went to was probably one of the biggest in Kingston. Mm-hmm. So as a result of that, it was explosive. It was a lot of things that he mentioned, as opposed to being from the from the from you know the country or or you know the, the interior, the cool. They actually refer to it as cool, cool Mandeville. Yeah, cool, you know. cool Mandeville. Right. Okay. So I think that would probably so the cool, cool Mandeville kind of equates to the, the kind of sedate, more you know relaxed tempo that that, that Patrick more mentioned. More conservative actually. type of 
Yeah. And so for you here, you said you felt like you were the Ford on the ramp, just trying to get up, get up to speed. What's, what's wrong with Ford? I own a Ford. <laughs> no, I said I said old Ford. Oh, old Ford. Old okay, Ford. yeah. The old three, ones were pretty. Four cylinders, uh, four cylinders firing. Four you know, <laughs> <laughs> couldn't quite get. In an eight cylinder church, you know what he said? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> hey Amen. So we were we were in Jamaica. Now Ivory's at the end of the table. Ivory's no 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 stranger to the program. Uh, she's no stranger to the Jamaican culture. Uh, she says she's from Jamaica. I know her parents are, right? Yes, both my parents. Uh, my mom was born in, in Kingston. Uh, my father was born in the country. I'm not sure exactly. It's probably Mandeville. It's only in the country. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's totally the opposite right? side, but yeah. So okay. everyone's from Jamaica. And so any Jamaican influences? I mean, Absolutely. You, tell me about those. The church that we used to go to before we came here, um, it was apostolic and it was all Jamaicans and so everything was reggae uh, the Caribbean melody was no uh, you know strange thing to us back you know over there um, so yeah everything was reggae it was always like what you said very similar to how you was it was very uh, explosive uh, everyone really got into it there's a lot of uh, dancing and things but um, yeah every it was quite explosive okay and you you don't see obviously you don't see anything wrong with the da- the dance because there are some cultures who say that the dancing has just gone t- you know too far in the church. Well, there were some things that I saw that was definitely <laughs> too far. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Do you mean that with the dance generally? Yeah. Or? Um, no, I think I think uh, dance has its place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some churches as well have. You know, like a dance ministry, and you know, some churches don't. I mean, and the the scripture actually does talk a lot about about dance. Um, mm-hmm. There are lots of uh, scripture in the Psalms sure. that that talks about uh, about dancing. Right. Um, you know, David David himself, when he was bringing back the ark, you know, in, in into Jerusalem, you know, was accompanied with lots of dancing. So, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, the, if it's referenced so so often in the context of worship and praise, then obviously. It, there has to be an, an element that it's okay, right. but uh, the dance, as with lots of other things, and the very music that we're ta- here talking about, you know, the the if not in the right context, that also can be can be twisted. Sure, you know, music if not sung in the right context can also be twisted, and similar similarly with the dance. Right. Let's stay there. Let's get everybody in the discussion. And if you're following us again on Facebook, Twitter, you can you can jump in uh, as well. The the there are ministries that do what we call liturgical dance. It's a an interpretive mm-hmm. dance. Now, for any of you in the room, you you you've probably seen it. If you haven't seen it, you've heard of it. Does does dance minister to you? Eddie. Yes, I've seen Shekinah Glory. They have a beautiful dance ministry, um, and it's Just very beautiful. Explain to people what Shekinah Glory is, because people are like, is, <laughs> Shekinah Glory is, is, the name of, <laughs> is the name of a a ministry in Chicago, right. um, and they have their church has a beautiful dance ministry mm-hmm. uh, in their praise and worship, and it's done very to the glory of God. Tasteful. Tasteful, you know, and it really does minister to you um, if it's done in the spirit. Anybody else? I just came back from Israel a few weeks ago and had the privilege. That's a whole different kind of dance. That's a whole other kind of dance. But, I mean, I I went to the uh, Carmel Assembly, Kehillat Carmel, which is, you know, 
founded by David and Karen Davis, and um, you know went to their Sabbath service and. They were dancing. They had banners and flags and tambourines, and all of the kids were involved, the adults, the kids, and they're just dancing all around the the church, and it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I actually hadn't seen that before, and it was great. A little culture shock for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not, yeah. A, not a, you know, like, what are they doing? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. wow, this is really, this was worship. Um, I'm Nigerian, and, and so West African, and so dancing is a key part of culture. It's a key part of everyday life. It's very expressive. Um, you know, if you can't sing, you can dance. It's just something in your blood. Um, I have young nieces and nephews, and each of them know how to dance. Each of them know how to move in some way, shape, or form. So dancing is definitely an expressive form, you know, in worship that, mm-hmm. that comes as a part of you when you're African. It's like that beat is just in your body. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People often use that, that, that scripture, you know, that psalm, you know, when, when the Spirit of the Lord, you know, the song, when the Spirit of the Lord came upon my heart, comes upon my heart, I dance like David dance. Uh, that's a psalm, but then there's a scripture that, that, that uh, that's associated with. What do you think it means, though, by when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon my heart, I dance? And why not just dance because you feel like dancing? I, don't, I know for myself, I was never really, um, when it came to the church service, even though I was I was brought up in a background where everyone got into worship and everyone was dancing, I was more reserved. Um, and I think for me... I didn't start getting freed up or, or loose, for a lack of a better term, um, until God did something in my heart that was significant and profound that totally ch- changed my life. And so now when I'm in worship, there are times uh, where I will feel the presence of God just so strong. And, you know, we, you get at that in that space where singing is not enough and mm. lifting your hands is not enough. You have to do something. Mm. And so to me, that's what, that's what that scripture means to me because I've, I've experienced that because I don't normally dance. I, I'm not just going to stand up and serve and start dancing out of nowhere. It has to be, well, for me, it has to be the Lord. So, yeah. um, I've, I've recently come to realize, I think in the past year that, um, Worship is so much more than a song, and I think it's really easy, especially becoming like being a part of a music ministry, maybe being in a band, playing an instrument, um, being able to sing or attempt to sing, whatever one it might be. But we tend to want to um, just confine worship to that. And I think that the Lord um, has designed us all so innately and so uniquely, and that um, He has put in us so many different ways to really worship him and um, that there's so many ways to do that. And I think dance is one of those things. I I never thought that before um, until my roommate introduced me to dancing, um, but dancing for the Lord. And I was very kind of um, almost against it in a way because Mm -hmm. I hadn't had experienced it before. So I was very cynical towards it. And the first time I saw her dance to um, a worship song that I knew very well, I, at the end of it, I was bawling, crying. Um, and I, I realized that God had moved on my heart. And sometimes there are things that don't even require words. And I think dance is one of those things. And, um, so, yeah, so I think when the Lord wants us to worship, it could be in many different facets and it doesn't have to be that way for everybody because everybody's individual. Um, but I think that that is one of the ways that he he does move and he wants us to be free, um, obviously, 
under control, but free <laughs> with the, with those things. Well, you, you said something because I was going to ask this in a moment. You said some things don't even require words. Now, what if it was a song that was being danced to that you didn't know? There was no lyrical content. There was no message, but it was a beautiful dance. What separates that? What makes that not classical dance or jazz dance or some other form of dance? Again, if the, if the music has no lyrical content, there's no message that you can identify with, are you able to look at dance and then still be ministered to? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yes, because there was a... Um there was a Supreme Judge that was asked one time how how he would how to define um, pornography, and he said he was really stumped for words. He said, "I'll know it when I see it." Mm. And similarly, I think that um, dance, w- when there's just music, and it, even if it's from a culture that I'm not familiar with, and there's no lyrical content to to express any, anything that I could you know recognize. I'll, I'll recognize when I see the movements, uh-huh. when I see the moves themselves, I'll know whether or not this is just something that is purely sensual, this is something that is just arising from the human heart, or whether or not it's something that it's expressive toward God. I've seen um, um, footage of um, people from Burundi and so on, dancing and singing, um, and I've also seen footage of people who are into other kinds of spiritism and so on. Mm-hmm. And you can tell the difference. difference. Oh, absolutely. Yes, you actually can tell the difference even though you, you don't understand the word of what they're saying. And even though the tempos are different than what you're accustomed to, you can still recognize when there's worship. Yeah, and I, I, I think about... Um you know, people who are deaf, they can't hear a word that any of us are singing, but mm-hmm. they can at least see through expression the joy. I think you can definitely sense there's a purity in the in the worship or what's being expressed, mm-hmm. even without the words. Yeah. And when we were in Nigeria uh, more than 10 years ago now, um, we were there was a group of us ministering um, on a campus outside, and we had no deaf ministry translators there and at the end of whatever was being said people were asked to raise their hands if they wanted to receive Christ and three deaf people who didn't hear a word and had no translation whatsoever came to receive the Lord so I think it's a it's a spirit thing it's a Holy Spirit thing Mm -hmm. um, I've seen uh, the gospel presented in, in the form of dance without a single word is just the expression. It's it's the beauty of of the gospel being expressed in that art form. Amen. If you are following us on Twitter or Facebook, we want you to join this conversation. What is your opinion about interpretive dance in the body of Christ? We'll be right back. God is incredible. God is with you. God is aware of your struggle. God is ready to forgive. God is powerful. God is your friend. God is a good listener. God is for you. God is willing to God help. God is and always will God be. God is able to God protect. Is God good. is power to change. God is a provider. God is Jesus. God is here. God now. is the one who loves you. God is merciful. God is the husband to the widow. God is the one with your God accent. is there when no one else is. TSC Music Radio, where God is. This is Carter Conlon from Times Square Church in New York City. In the Old Testament, Proverbs chapter 24, verse 11 and 12 say these words. If you forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto death and those that are ready to be slain, if you say in your heart, behold, we knew it not, 
does not he that ponders the heart consider it? The end of this verse talks about a price to be paid. When we know that we are called to cry out for those that don't have a voice to cry for themselves, and yet we hold back from doing it. We're living at a time in our society today, in our city, in New York, when things could quite quickly get out of hand. You and I are called to pray. This is an hour to be in the house of God. It's an hour to be in the personal prayer time, calling out to the one who's able to answer the deepest cries of the human heart. Of all times, now is the time to pray. To find a prayer meeting in your area, visit nycprayer.org. And we're back, and we're having a roundtable discussion with some guests and some friends right here from TSC, and of course with you on Facebook and Twitter. We were just talking about uh, dance, interpretive dance, or dance in the church, and uh, got some very interesting responses from our guests. We're going to move on because I want to know what's on your iPod. I want to know what you guys are listening to today. Hedy, Hedy what are you listening to? What are your top three, if if there are three, you yes, know, it's probably are. 30, but what's your top three get artists you listen to? Marcos Witt. Uh, I'm from a Latin background, ah. so... If you're from a Latin background, the diversity of music, you have 21 different Latin countries. So the diversity of music in the Latin mm. in Latin worship is amazing. And a lot of dance. Huh? And a lot of joy. <laughs> it's joyous. It's, yeah. And the artists are just amazing. Marcos Witt is one of my favorites. And awesome. He's a pastor, also awesome worship leader. Mm. Uh, and he sings in English, Spanish. But his Spanish music is just so Simple but beautiful unto the Lord. He's one of them. Richard Smallwoods is one of my all-time favorites. Mm-hmm. He's classic. Um, Andre Crouch, of course, he's one of my all-time favorites. And I love Jewish music. I, I grew up listening to a diversity of music. Christian radio impacted me in my early years as a teen. 570 was one of them. Mm-hmm. And WWDJ and George Flores, it's not... it's. The music was more diverse than it is now. Very, right. uh, you know, it's it's very much control now. Control. It's pigeonhole control. So we got a variety of different Christian artists back in the seventies when I grew up. So I'm I love country. No. Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I love country worship. Bill Gator's one of my old time favorites. I'm just surprised. I mean, oh yeah, I just love it. Um, and. That's what I listen to. You got a and lot of stuff. So is all this stuff on your media player? I mean, you yeah, got to get. I have material. in my media player. I listen to Pandora, so I get a oh, okay. diversity of, and uh, I could listen to it as I work. So that's a blessing. And that's uh, Jewish music. I love. Mm. I love um, Jewish music. I love Karen's songs. I love Marty Getz is one of my. Mm-hmm. I think he's one of the most awesome psalmist of our times. I mean, he can literally take, uh, if you never listen to my defense, he can literally take the word of God and just put it into music mm. word for word. Amazing artists. And I just, I just love the diversity in the worship of God. Uh, it doesn't matter what language, what tongue. Um, even when I went to the Philippines, I, I didn't understand a word, but just the, the purity of worship when believers get together in any language to worship God is is awesome. Mm-hmm. 
Toby. I listen to a wide, very wide range of music. Um, I can't even pick a top three, but if I had to, um, this is going to be surprising, but I really like the five blind boys of Alabama. They, <laughs> they, they know how to... They know how to. They know how Talk to about sing. Some harmony, <laughs> yes, I love the five line. I love that. You know, Sam Cooke and the Soul Stirrers. I really love that. Yeah, you're Jackson. so old. I know. I get, old. That. <laughs> I get that a lot. I love. I really. I really do love um, Israel Houghton lately. Um, and then there's a band called Jesus Culture. So those mm-hmm. are three very diverse. But I love that yeah. kind of music. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, right I, now you got to know for, for our guest, Toby is how if you don't mind holding. Twenty three. Twenty. Three <laughs> and the five blind boys have been singing before you even born. Yes. You know. And, and uh, my Jimmy, goodness. Jimmy Carter can yeah. <laughs> yes. not the president. Uh, no, not, not the, the president. president. <laughs> yeah. For those who don't know. That's that's awesome. Gabby. Um yeah, there's there's a whole lot, a really wide mix in my in my um my phone here as well. Um, it's hard to pick. It depends on really my mood and the day and the circumstances. But on any given day, at least once, I'll typically listen to something of these artists while driving in my car. Um, Israel Newbreed definitely, definitely, mm-hmm. he just takes me right in every single time, and it's just a blessing. I actually got the opportunity to see him live not too long ago. And I was so blessed. The man is such yeah. a worshiper, such a worshiper. Um, and um, also Kim Walker. She's part of Jesus Culture. Mm-hmm. She has taken my worship to a whole new level. Um, there's so much freedom in her worship and um, just an awakening of, of who the Lord is and, and making it so personal. Um, so I love that. I love her music. I love the, her style of worship. It's very free, very free. Um, Carrie Job. she's mm-hmm. another worship leader. Just very pure heart um, and really honest lyrics, honest. Um, and I also like Bethany Dillon a lot. Not a lot of people know about her, but she it does a lot of acoustic stuff with her guitar, and I love acoustic worship. Um, and she has very sincere lyrics, very sincere. Like, she often sings about things that I would think about but not say, mm-hmm. and I love that. She just puts it out there for the Lord. And any kind of instrumental Christian music, actually, sometimes I turn off all the words and I just need some piano, some violin, but playing to a song sure. that is centered on Christ. Ivory, outside of your own music, what are you listening to? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm scrolling through. Well, first, my number one is Fred Hammond. I love that man. Um, I think every Christian should have pages one and two just because um i love him because he's just so real and he not only just sings his words but he's he's like preaching almost in 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 his songs and it's just it's just real i i love fred that's my number one but lately i've been listening to a, a bunch of different stuff i think i've been focusing more on or listening to more of kiara sheard and that's of lately her her newest album called free um and also Will, william mcdowell I love William McDowell. He is just an awesome worshiper. Um, and I've also been listening to some across-the-board worship stuff uh, like Jesus Culture, Kim Walker, uh, New Life Worship, um, Hillsong. Uh, but number one is Fred. You. You. Well, most of them. <laughs> you, Hugh. <laughs> Most of most of the, the the artists that I that I like actually um have been been um named already, in particularly Israel Houghton. Um, but I should probably 
for the plug here that um, I'm probably one of the few people or maybe the only person here who doesn't own an I something. <laughs> um, but I'm, that's I'm selling this one uh, <laughs> for the new one. So, you know, if you want to. But that being said, I mean, I, I do have a lot of music. I just, I, I just prefer to just have the CDs and just, you know, load it all on my computer and, you know. Uh-huh. While I'm on the train or something, I prefer reading a book rather than music and stuff. Um, but actually, I, I, I listen to a lot of Hillsong, um, Ruben Morgan in particular. Um, I, I really, really, really do do like him. I mean, sometimes the the, the, the words uh, of the songs and, and what they articulate, you know, as um, as I earlier said, it just kind of lifts you right to the, to, to, to the throne of God. Uh, as for me, I don't, I don't own um, a device either with music on it. What, what? I, what, uh, what I do, <laughs> I have a, I have a phone, but it's, it's not mine, <laughs> so there's no music on it. Um, what I listen to is what my daughter listens to. She gives me stuff. Dad, listen to this, and I say, okay, I, I listen to it. I don't know who, who the singer is. I don't know who the producer is. I know nothing about it. But I, I, if I like it, I like it. If I don't like it, I don't like it. Uh-huh. And that's and that's how I, I get by. I like a lot of the rap stuff. Um, um, I like obviously I like a lot of the the, the reggae stuff also. Um, not not too much of it because I, I think some of it is pretty bad. But I, I like a, a significant part of it. Um, um, I like the stuff that's energetic. I like when the lyrics are honest and they go straight to the heart. I I, I have no time for uh, the, the mass-produced sounding stuff that just mm-hmm. is another song on the hit parade. I I, I, I really don't like that. Um, but I I really do enjoy. Even the, some of the foreign stuff, stuff that I don't even understand. There's a song, a song that um, our own Patrick Andy put on his his CD um, in in Malagasy, and mm-hmm. I, that's that's the song that I sing from that. From <laughs> I sing that song the whole time. I, I, I you know, um, and I I find that very strange that sometimes when I don't even understand the words, if I know it's a Christian song, um, I end up singing it even though mm. I don't understand it. But I don't have a wide selection, no. Okay, and Peggy. Um, I I love a lot of the uh, ones that have been mentioned, and some of those that have been mentioned, I don't even know who they are. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, we got to turn you on to the five blind yes, boys for sure. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. I love William McDowell. That album, as we worship, is just just amazing. Worship live. Um, so that's one of my favorites. And I have this habit of if I like a song, I'll play it over and over and over and over. And over, um, so I don't have necessarily favorite artists so much as favorite songs. Um, but consistently, I like William McDowell. I I really have enjoyed uh, Crystal Lewis, and um, you know when I was in college, I did a radio, college radio, and I was a news director. But then I also ended up having my own radio show, music show, and it was the first Christian music radio show on our campus mm-hmm. on 91.9 WCFM Williamstown. <laughs> um, so I was able to, you know, I had a small little budget so that I could buy all this new music because they just didn't exist at the college. So, you know, at that time, you know, the big artists were Amy Grant um, and her album was the first Christian album I ever bought, which was Age to Age always you know definitely still holds up today you know just amazing songs um but really i just i love songs more than i kind of gravitate to artists Mm -hmm. right artists sing songs Mm -hmm. uh and some artists write their own 
their their own songs. Um, I got to go back to Ivory though, because you said Fred Hammond, and and I got to ask you, did you get his last project? Yes, I did. The love songs. The uh, I'd only got one song, but I do know about his that project. Okay, so let me let me throw it out there because obviously nobody else here has it, right? Heard it. I I was reading the other day because I was so uh, somebody left the CD for me here and I thought it was well produced it was great uh, some really good stuff on there and, I, and I'm a big fan of Fred Hammond as well um, but I was surprised at the amount of flack mm-hmm. he got for this project now the project title is because I have it I just happen to have it on this I thing uh, here uh, is is titled uh, uh, give me a second is titled, see, I got so much music in here. It was titled God, Love, and Romance. It's a two-CD project, and it's all about, it's about God, but it's about love and romance. And it's about God's role, if you will, in love and romance. But when people are listening to these songs, and I'm assuming this is the general consensus because of what I'm reading and, and from, you know, from feedback from diehard Fred Hammond fans. You know, one writer wrote, no, don't do it, Fred. Come back to the other side. <laughs> it was just, it was just, they were railing because he's talking about these, he's singing about these issues. He's singing about love. He's singing about coming home to you. And it's not coming home to God, coming home to Jesus, it's coming home to you. Is this person. What, what, what's your opinion on that? I did read a few of those. Um, my dad sent me a link of some guy who was just totally bashing Fred for this. Um, I watched a video that Fred did, and he was talking about this album, and he was and he was talking about why he did it, and he said, you know, I, I, as we as Christians, why can't we write love songs? Shouldn't we be writing love songs if we know the true love um, that there is? There's only there's only the love you know god's love is the is the perfect love so why can't we as christians write write these things and he also said um you know i'm a human being and i know what it is to love someone to love your wife um i know what it is to uh go through heart heartbreak i know what it is to go through pain and so i'm going to sing about it i don't see anything wrong with him doing that i mean we can't get so stuck in that one box of, you know, just this way and that's it. Just worship or just gospel. Why can't we as Christians sing about love if we're not being raunchy or we're not being um, vulgar? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're singing about the love of God. We're talking about I'm coming home to my wife or I'm coming home to my husband or talking about our love to the father, to the father God. And I see nothing wrong with it. I completely the, agree. I'm sorry. I completely agree. I heard the project. Um, I heard it straight through once. Um, and I think that, especially as a young person, I think it's a great opportunity to just hear people talk about love and romance. You know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, the idea of love. I think God is the, you know, God is love and he's the author of love. And, you know, he puts that love in us, not just um, love of family or love of friends, but love for another. He's definitely the one who's the author of marriage. And so if Fred wants to sing about coming home to his wife, then at least, you know, we know Fred is coming home about, you know, 
singing about coming home to sing to his wife. And I'm the type of person, I love blues. I love, you know, old love songs, Motown. And so it's nice to know that the author, you know, that's writing this song is someone who's living it out also in a godly way. I'm not just listening to another blues or Motown artist who's just singing it to catch my ear. So I, I enjoyed the project and I wish more people would have an open discussion about love mm-hmm. in, in the church and in the body because that's where a lot of people get it wrong. You know, we, we trust God for it a lot of things but not for love and not for romance but God is you know he knows the desires of our hearts and he's willing to grant that if we just trust in him so I really enjoyed the project yeah I I totally totally agree with Ivory as a matter of fact I'm gonna get up and run and buy that CD (laughs) 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 because I think we as Christians we have abdicated our role our responsibility um, to to Put out a wholesome product, mm. and and what has filled the vacuum? All the stuff about you know the stuff that you hear, you know, um, who better to sing about love and 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 reality than Christians? I think, yeah. and who better to dance? And we have we have the reason to sing. We have a reason to dance. We you know we are the ones who should be doing it. Um, but at some point in history, I don't I don't know where. I'm not a student of history, but at some point. Uh, it became maybe worldly or something to do this kind of a thing, and so we just let it go, mm. you know. And 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 the devil just came and just took it all. Well, I think I think one large part of that is that, you know, for in in the church, the general consensus is if we are singing songs to the Lord, then they should be to the Lord, and not to one another. And let me just play advocate for a minute, um, or oh, devil's advocate <laughs> or advocate. Um, because it, you know, because worship is said to be from us to him, and and when you take love songs like these, and I've heard them, and I think they're great, uh, but let me play advocate for a minute. And when you take songs like this, and they are not him himward or upward, then what it the the, the mind of the traditional Christian is that then this is not worship because it doesn't speak to God, it doesn't speak about God, it speaks about my feelings for. This person, be it my wife, be it the wife that I want to have, be it the husband that I want to have, you know, it speaks to that as opposed to honoring or, or worshiping the Father. That's the mindset of the Sunday Christian. Mm-hmm. But for me, when I when I when I when I love my wife, that's worship. Mm-hmm. When I go and I do a good job at work, I'm worshiping. You know, what I'm saying when I'm driving down the highway at 55 and not 75, <laughs> that's worship. Well, I'm going. To, I'm going. I'm going somewhere else. Let me tell you. I don't ever do 54. I I don't always worship. (laughs) But but the point I'm trying to make is that my whole life Mm -hmm. is about worship. It's not just on a Sunday. And it's not just when I'm talking to God as directing dear Jesus or something. Um, When I'm I'm relating to you in a right fashion, I'm worshiping. Mm. When the tree is outside, the tree is just being the tree. It's just worshiping because it was. It's just doing what it it it, it does because God made it to, to do what a tree does. Like we heard this morning from 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 um, Pastor Vest, um, God made you like a duck and quack. Right. You know, <laughs> He made you like a squirrel and climb trees for uh-huh. all it's worth. Yeah. You know, but um, I, there's a certain amount of pigeonholing that goes on and a mm-hmm. certain amount of boxing in, and I think that it's time for us to really just break out of that mold. Um, you know, I to- I agree with everybody that's spoken so far. Um, everything in moderation, obviously, which I learned as well. Everything in moderation. Um, but you know what? For me, it's super exciting. It's really exciting so that I don't 
have to be tempted to turn towards the people that I used to listen to mm. um, that didn't have as clean lyrics. So to be able to have an outlet to somebody that I know sings really substantial godly music and then they're singing these really clean love songs, it's it inspires me and it brings hope for my future. Um, and it's also just exciting to know that I can listen to that and not have to feel guilty and not have to feel like I turned on the wrong thing. Um, I know a lot of people do it actually. Um, two leaders in Hillsong have done it. Um, there's a lot of Christian artists that have done that and oh, yeah. I respect them for that. In moderation, uh, which leads me to my next question. When we come right back, we're going to move forward. This is music with a mission. The Times Square Church Youth Praise Choir is now accepting applications. The YPC's passion for Jesus is contagious. Up for anything and everything, the Praise Choir is eager to show others the love of God. And singing is only the beginning. If you're between the ages of 14 and 30 and would like to be a part of the YPC, go to tscnyc.org and click Get Involved to apply. And we're back in the studio with TSC Music with a mission with our panel of guests here who are just sharing their hearts about various idioms of the Christian musicological spectrum. I don't know if that makes sense, but it sounds good. Uh, <laughs> when we left for break, um, Gabby, you were just talking about, you, you said something, everything in moderation. Uh, f- for the believer who runs after Jesus, who pursues him, who who lives for him, is it okay for Christians to listen? Because Toby, you said something earlier that you lo- you listen to blues and you know several other genres of music. Is it okay for the Christian to listen to non Christian music? All right, I'll take yes. it up. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the listening audience, everybody grabbed their mics, but nobody said anything. <laughs> I, I don't think there's any kind of prohibition in the Bible against us living, listening to um, secular music. But what I have found, this is personal, mm-hmm. when I listen to that stuff a lot, my ear gets dull to the things of God. It's just, mm-hmm. It just happens. Um, my spirit, is there's something there that's tainted, you know. And when I, when I come to, to the fellowship of the believer, to the common worship, something is, something is wrong. Something is a miss, you know what I'm, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't try to do that a lot. And lately, the Lord has been re- some of the stuff that I've been listening to. Let me let me just be honest with you here. Uh, at one point, the Lord convicted me about all the secular stuff I was listening to, and I threw them all out except for one Marley album. I kept that thing <laughs> safely hidden away. You know, I didn't want to get rid of it. And um, but recently, the Lord is, uh, the Lord pointed out to me, look. The lyrics of some of those songs, I, I never paid much attention to the lyrics, mm-hmm. um, and some of those lyrics are just so anti-Christ, you know. And um, so finally, the Lord has let me, you know, give me the grace to just get rid of it. And um, and so I try to listen mainly to I- inspirational stuff like "Get Up and Run" <laughs> and things like that. I, I got to plug it because people don't know what yeah. "Get Up and Run" means. "Get Up and Run" is the latest single released by our very own guest Ivory McDonald so we, we talked about it when she was on the podcast before two other times and, and so it's it's a project in the making but Get Up and Run is available on iTunes check it out get up and run and get it and uh, now you know what we're referring to when Patrick keeps saying get up and run yeah um, as for me um, I guess you guys heard my testimony before 
Um, but in my early 20s, um, I do recommend it's okay to listen to uh, secular music, but also you have to use discernment uh, on what you hear and you have to be careful. Um, because the word does says that if, you know, keep your mind on heavenly things and think what's no, if it's, if it's something that it's contrary to the word of God, then I, I wouldn't listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, cause there was a time in my life where I did backslid and it was listening to secular music. And I remember that the song, it, it was a love song and it was about breaking up and, it was at a pivotal point in my life that I told Lord, the Lord, you go your way and I go mine. If it's meant to be, we'll be back together again. And he sure let me go. That sounds like a love song right there. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I thank God that in his mercy and his grace, uh, when he brought me back, he brought me to Times Square Church. Mm-hmm. And it was the, the pure worship of that is it's sung in this house um, that really touched my heart. And... So I do, it's okay. Like, I, I like Lionel Richie's new CD. Mm. Uh, in Tuscany, yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, and it's so funny. I had my brother laughing the other day because, you know, one of my mom's and dad's favorite song was Lady uh, by oh, Kenny please. Rogers. And he redid that in this country album, you know, country singers. And, you know, me and my mom are listening to it and I'm singing and she's singing lady and I'm singing Jesus. <laughs> you know, my brother, he laughs, but you know, who else? I'm singing to him. I'm singing to the Lord, the love of my life. So, um, I listen to a wide range of music, like I said earlier, but there are times when surprisingly I actually turn off Christian music because they're not speaking where I am necessarily. And there's a time when I think God places music in our own hearts that only we can vocalize to him. Um, only we can speak to God through the music in our own hearts. And, you know, I just think about David and Saul. Um, and when David used to minister to Saul, you know, Saul was surrounded by Christian music. and But he still didn't hear the message. He didn't have the heart. And I think sometimes there are a lot of Sauls who listen to Christian music but don't give their hearts to God. And just like we sometimes have to have discernment about how much secular music we listen to, we sometimes have to go to God and say, do I only enter your presence when I hear Christian music? Or am I able to enter your presence with my own worship song, with my own you know, desire to worship you? Am I able to just tailor music to... Um, to worship you in my own way so I don't feel like just because I can't get up in one like Ivory, you know, I can still you know, I can still worship you God. You can, I can waddle still, like a duck though. I can waddle like a, <laughs> I can waddle like a duck or I can, you know, dance like an African that I am. Um, you know, I, I love music. I do. I think that, you know, some people just don't and, and but I know that God gives us that that heart to know, you know what, turn off your iPod, turn off the worship music and worship me. Yeah. Give me your heart. Um, and, you know, there's a time and a place for everything. There's a time for me to listen to my five blind boys of Alabama. There's a time for, you know, the Sam Cooks and the Motowns and the blues and, and the jazz. Um, but there's also just a time for silence and just worship God. So it depends. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I listen to a lot of stuff. Um uh, I don't listen to non-Christian music as much as I, I used to. I used to listen. I was a really big contemporary jazz yeah. listener. No lyrics because I liked the idea of making the song my own. I liked, I liked being able to implement my own lyrics and make that song say what I wanted it to say. It was a safe place for me. But growing up, I listened to so much stuff, it's it's scary. When you say you listen to, to, to country, I mean, I was listening to, let me tell you, Barbara Mandrell, the Oak Ridge Boys, Alabama, <laughs> Uh, and the list goes on. I mean, these were like 
major country artists, and, and I listened to all of their stuff. My brother and I used to fight. Oh, he used to call me country boy. I used to listen to, <laughs> I used to, listen to because I was a music lover. I never, I didn't have the capacity really to embrace all of the messages. I, I, I wasn't really concerned. I loved the fact that they were using instruments that I had never seen or heard before. And so I was a real music buff in that I loved to listen to different styles of music. I mean, I, I was it was so bad that I started learning commercial music, like television commercials and sitcom theme songs. And uh, I learned the Flintstones. I learned the Jetsons. I learned, uh, uh, you name it, I learned, you know, good times. I, I was just really into the music side of things. But let me ask you this, because... What I found out that even, you know, even, I mean, there were secular, uh, there were some secular styles that I would listen to from time to time. Haven't we underestimated the power of music, though? Absolutely. When we say it's okay to listen to everything, haven't we underestimated the power of it? Think about it. You don't go into a supermarket when there's no music playing. You don't go to a dentist. When I took an MRI the other day and they gave me my own headphones and a Walkman, <laughs> you know. And so nowhere do we go is there not music playing because it does play on the subconscious. It, you know, there's not a commercial tele television commercial that doesn't have some kind of jingle or something in it. Haven't we underestimated the power of it? Absolutely. Uh, there is a spirit behind music i mean it's, I, to me i think music is one of the most powerful ways that the enemy can get this genu generation um i know for me i can't have um secular stuff on my ipad or my ipod i can't have it on there because i'm not okay confession <laughs> um i there's a particular song that beyonce did which called love on top um and for some reason, the beat to that song is just <laughs> bad, bad good. And um, and I just like the song. Now, the words are not bad, but I realize I can't have that on my iPad. I can't listen to it all the time. I can't because when you wake up the next morning and that song is just playing, mm. there's a problem. And so I I actually had it on there when, and I just took it off. I just, I can't. Um, there is such a spirit behind music and it can get you and you don't even realize it yeah. you don't even realize it's so subtle and i think that's that's one of the things that's driving this generation so downhill when i listen to some of the rap songs and i don't listen to rap but you know you go into stores and you hear the words and sometimes you just stop and and you listen to it and it's so disgusting just so raunchy and just so vulgar and and these are the things that these kids even young kids are listening to and this is what they grow up to and this is what they think is life and so we definitely under, underestimate it um i think the truth of the matter is there's a lot of power in words a lot of power in words and um just in the same way in the same regard that we think of worship music and i know so many times like you've said it greg and other worship leaders like you know think about what you're saying really think about what you're saying um, and what you're speaking out loud what what words are going on in your mind and what you're saying to the lord and in the same way like if we're listening to something like i actually like a lot of um country music um i really used to like john mayer a lot he really relaxed me and i love whitney houston like absolutely love her um 
And like, I was actually just listening to one of her songs not too long ago. And same thing as Ivory said, like I kind of had that in my head all day. And the next day I woke up and listened to it and I didn't feel guilty, but I was just like, you know what? I'm going to put this down and I'm going to choose to listen to something other than that. Just because the word says, you know, keep your mind stayed upon me keep your mind and your heart stayed upon me. And Mm -hmm. it's a choice. I don't think God is going to condemn us. Um, but I know as for me, like I want the Lord to do whatever he wants to do in my life. And if listening to Whitney Houston 24 seven is going to limit that, if I'm going to have her words in my mind and I'm going to be speaking those words into my mind over and over and over rather than speaking words that edify him or make me think about him and settle in my heart, then I, I choose Christ. You know, it's really simple. Like I choose Christ. Good choice. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be right back. TSC Music is now accepting applications for our adult praise choir. The APC is determined to encourage everyone who will hear that God is forever worthy of our trust and our worship, both in life and in song. The APC ministers weekly during our Sunday 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. services, Tuesday at 7 p.m., and rehearses on Thursday evenings. For more information, go to tscnyc.org and click on Get Involved. TSC, music radio, where God is. We are having a hot discussion. Uh, I love it because you guys are raw, you're real, you're honest with with your opinions and your feelings. And I hope uh, those of you who are following us online are doing the same, that you are enjoying what's being said and uh, we look forward to hearing your comments i'm not following facebook and twitter as we speak but uh once this airs we certainly will be doing it so uh it's real time for you if you are following us online let me shift gears for a moment uh for years there's been this uh, and just recently i think maybe two weeks ago mcdonald's has what they call the mcdonald's gospel fest Now, I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's a huge nationwide gospel choir competition. Choirs come from all over the region and all over the country, and they will go from, you know, phase one to phase. It's almost like an American idol, but it's only in the gospel realm with gospel choirs. Now, it's not just gospel. McDonald's has theirs, and then there's, uh, I think it's Christian uh, Contemporary Christian music, musicians or something, CCM or something like that, they have theirs as, as well where there's contemporary Christian artists or Christian pop or Christian rock artists. And the the premise is this, that, that they bring their talents to these locations and they go on display and they they try to outsing and outplay and outperform, if you will, the the next choir all the way up to the finals and then they get to the finals and they either win a recording contract or maybe today it's probably recording equipment because nobody wants a contract anymore. Uh, maybe it's recording equipment or there's some kind of prize. What, what's your opinion about Christian music competitions? Honestly, I'm, I've seen them. <laughs> I, I love worship and gospel music but I just I've seen the best and the worst of them and to me it doesn't promote unity Uh, it's just competitive and just I just to me personally I just it doesn't I doesn't sit good with me I think it depends on the artists right the ones who are actually taking part and what their attitude is in the 
I mean, we always talk you know, we we talk a lot about performance as opposed to worship, and there is a level of performance in the worship because you're trying to actually communicate something. Um, but it's interesting because some maybe in some of those competitions it tends to hit more towards the performance um, end of things than the worship side of it. Mm-hmm. I've never personally seen one, and I probably never will. Um, the Word of God says it speaks to me as 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 a um, as a choir member um, when when it says when there's selfish ambition, there's confusion and every evil work. Mm-hmm. What drives these competitions? I don't know. Um, I don't know that it is the glory of God necessarily. What's McDonald's role in that? <laughs> you know what 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 motivates them? Yeah. You know I, um, things are more than what they appear. Um, so I, I shy away from stuff like that. I don't even really go to concerts because I really don't know what's going on, so I just stay away. Um, but as I said, when there's selfish ambition, when there's when there's personal promotion, there's confusion and every evil work. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, you know. I, <laughs> well, you, you hit on something, and I'm going to come back to it in a minute. I, I, I think everything has its place, but I... I think as with most other things in Christianity, it starts out with good intentions, but then it ultimately gets distorted and you lose the very essence of what it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of those competitions were probably started initially to to foster you know, unity and togetherness in terms mm-hmm. of giving an opportunity for people from different regions to, to come together. But then in, in the process of it, I think there's the real danger of losing what's the very essence of your ministry. You know, yeah. as, as Peggy mentioned, you know, performance versus ministering, and that's always a, a fine line that you know, the, you know, different people have different views on and can always get distorted. And I think ultimately, you know, the real test is um, is what we're doing for the glory of God or not, mm-hmm. or is it something else? Right. Good can inside. I throw in a monkey wrench here because I honestly don't know how I feel about. Um, these competitions. There's one competition that I that I used to watch called Sunday Best on um, BT, and it's basically each person they go up to the judges, which I think is Mary Mary or Yolanda Adams and Dinah McKirkland, and they you know they try they compete they're basically competing against each other, but at the same time it doesn't really seem like they're competing. You know, like how it seems like with with American Idol, like I'm gonna beat you. Mm. But with Sunday Best, it just kind of seems like each person is just putting out their best. And I, I feel like there, and I hear everything that you guys are saying, and I, I agree with you. But I feel like there's also maybe a good side, and I'm putting quotations here because I'm not quite sure. But I saw an episode where, for instance, there was this one guy. He he was he got a chance to be on the show, which was the final round. Um, where it was 10 people that are competing against each other and he's singing a worship song and he, 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 the last line was something like, let's praise God or let's give him glory or something like that. And then the song ended and he took a bow and Donnie McKirkland, he totally ripped into this to me. It seemed like, because he called him on it and he said, you just said, let's praise God. Oops, sorry. Let's just praise God. Let's give him glory. And then you took a bow. Mm-hmm. He said, well, what are you doing this for? What, are, is this for the glory of God or is this for you? Is this all performance? And I've seen episodes like that where 
the the singers are really like just worshiping God and just they are anointed. I've seen to me some that are just anointed and just love worship and they just go out there. So I'm not advocating for it, but I just don't know. So I've seen mm. two sides to it. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think you know I just wanted to chime in that when else would we see gospel on BET? I mean, I don't know if Bobby Jones gospel hour is still on, but like when else would you see, you know, even if the heart might not be there, but maybe someone tuning in might just hear that, maybe hear a line and, and that, you know, maybe that will be on that wider stage would appeal to someone who otherwise might not hear gospel music. You know, mm-hmm. BET has a whole lot of other stuff going on. And so maybe that moment in which Sunday's best is on might minister to someone, you know. Now, is that still on, by the way? Bobby Jones Gospel Hour? No, well. Sunday, Sunday best. best. <laughs> Get me started on that. <laughs> that out. Uh, <laughs> Get me started on the, the BJ thing. Were you going to say something? Uh, not really. I mean, I'm with Ivory and, and Toby. Yeah. I, well, I let, me, let me, I, I ask because, and all of you, I think, I hit on some very, very uh, good and valid and uh, 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 revelatory points. Uh, you you got a revelation there, I think, uh, uh, Hugh. Um, I think having been in the very first McDonald's Gospel Fest, this was over 20 years ago, we had a group called the, the GLT Ensemble. It's a long story, uh, and it's not a vain thing, so don't think, you know. <laughs> That they, uh, if I had time, I'd tell you how that came about. But suffice it to say, we we were in. The, I had this group. It was a spinoff of my high school gospel choir, and we had a road manager because we were traveling quite a bit. And uh, she thought it would be good. You know, she heard about this McDonald's Gospel Fest. Now, mind you, this is over twenty years ago. This was nineteen. Oh, anyway, um, and here we are going from church to church because at that time the McDonald's Gospel Fest competition, although they didn't use the word then, was held at churches. They weren't at big concert halls and, and arenas like they are today. They were held in small churches and you'd go to those churches and it'd be a worship service. And it was legitimate. It started out, in my opinion, very honest, very genuine. It was an opportunity for musicians and singers to come together and bond and, and worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. And though Everybody was working toward this goal because back then a, a recording contract was important. You know, that's when record labels meant something. Um, though everybody was working toward that, there was no green room for this group and green room for that. We were all in the same room. We were all in prayer together. We were all upholding each other. And at the end of the at the end of the prayer, the only purpose for for us being a part of that was, I mean, ultimately, so that some man, some woman, some boy, some girl would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so the purpose was the same. the 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 mission was 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 the same. But at, and mind you, we went all the way to the finals. <clears throat> All the way to Carnegie Hall. We sang at Carnegie Hall because that's where the finals were held. Uh, and then I did it again with another choir that I worked with in, in Passaic, New Jersey, who went all the way to the finals, right back to Carnegie, Carnegie Hall. But then after a while, I start to see this thing evolve from a, uh, uh, an honest, legitimate opportunity to share the gospel to real, big-time competition. Now every group has to have. In fact, they were requesting their own room. We don't even want to be in the same room with this group. And they were requesting their own uh, green rooms. And and 
Patrick, you hit on something that I'm not even going to get into today because you're a lawyer and you you probably know why I don't want to get into it. But you asked the question, <laughs> what's McDonald's role <laughs> involvement? Why McDonald's? And I, I could go on for hours about that. And uh, but uh, I'm going to bite my tongue and suffice it to say, I I think every like like you said, Hugh, it starts off genuine. Uh, but then ultimately it moves to this place, Hedy, that you hit on. It uh, it only breeds contention. It there, there cannot be any unity that comes out of such a competition. When we say we do this in the name of the Lord, when we say we, you know, it would be the same thing as if I said, you know, okay, APC and YPC, today you're going to go at it. The group that moves the congregation the most today, we're taking you to Disneyland, you know. And, man, you guys would sing your hearts out. But then who would it be for? <laughs> You understand? It only breeds contention. It does not feed, excuse me, or foster unity at all. I think it tears down and it, it, it breeds contention. Let's let's wrap this up. You guys have been awesome. Let me ask you one final question because you listen to music. You've listened to all styles of music. You've had different experiences. Can music save? Can a song save? Yes. She says yes. yes. Hold that thought. Anybody else? No. 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 Ultimately, no. No. Yeah, ultimately, no. No. It, it, can open, it can open the door to get to where we need to get to. But, okay. you know, can you be... Uh, you said it actually a few, a few well, weeks I know ago I said when, it. When, <laughs> when you were sharing one. I was checking to see if anybody was listening. That's we're, what it was. <laughs> we're not getting to heaven on a song. Yeah. But it can open the door. Sure. I tend to disagree with you when you made that point okay. that a song can't save because it depends on the song. Mm. If there is a song, I just I was just witnessing to a guy downstairs before we came up here, totally drunk, um, but he wanted to hear the music. Mm. And a, a man like that, like my chemistry teacher in high school, she said, I will never listen to preaching, but I love the music. Mm-hmm. A song could save that woman. She said to me, if I ever get saved, it'll be because of a song. Uh-huh. So if there's a did, song... Did she get saved yet? I, I don't know what okay. happened to her after I left high school. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I got to go back to the ultimately... <laughs> but, but if the song has a clear message of the gospel, mm-hmm. why not? Why can't it save you? Okay. It's a message that saves. It's, it's not... Right. You know? Right. It's a, it's a preaching in the song. So. Okay. I, I would agree with that. I mean, I... I think the music definitely ushers in the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit's Jesus Christ that saves, but mm-hmm. it, you know, the Lord uses all different kinds of ways to do that, and probably ways that we can't even imagine right now. But yeah, absolutely, I think music is is definitely a part of that. Okay, I think, and this is more than just my opinion. <clears throat> I think ultimately, Hugh songs open a way they open the gate they lead people to the saving knowledge of jesus christ because there's something about now this is why i said earlier have we undervalued the power of music generally when people say they love the music they would still love the music if we took the message out they love the music. They love what the music does for them. Uh, you know, Ivory said, you know, you know, this this song is not so bad, but it's got a beat that's just bad. I mean, it's a good bad, but it's bad. <laughs> you follow me? Because it 
does something to us. I, I, I don't know, you know, and psychologists and musicologists have tried to explain it, you know, they can't. So what they've decided to do is put it in the clinic and now they use it for therapy, you know, as music therapy, you know, and, you know, it, it, and, 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 and all this other stuff. But the reality is it's one of the, I think that's why it, it proves the fact that music is definitely something birthed in us by God himself. Uh, God gave this to us, God, and that's why he wants it back. He gave it to us. He loaned it to us. And he said, you know, this is your vehicle to communicate to me, you know, outside of prayer and outside of, you know, the, the word, this is your way of communicating to me. But every song has to have to be laced and lined with the gospel of truth. It's got to have the gospel message, which then makes it the preaching through song. But the scripture says that it, it, it pleased God that men would be saved by the preaching of the gospel. Now, you might say, well, preaching, we're preaching through song. And I, I can agree to that as well. But there's something about somebody standing flat foot and giving an altar call. You know, I could even if the song has the message, if somebody stood there and repeated the lyrics without any music, it's going to have a different effect. Think about it. Have a different effect. There's something about removing that element that speaks to this nature that spoken word can do that music can't do. That's 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 just my honest opinion. If you are following us on Facebook and Twitter, we want to know what you think. Can songs save? Because I don't believe songs save. I believe songs lead us to salvation. It lead us to hearing, you know, the the, the preached gospel of Jesus Christ, and then ultimately takes us to a place where we are changed, delivered, set free, and better people. Amen. You guys have been awesome. (laughs) Thank you for coming. (laughs) Thank you for sharing your hearts. We're so glad. And again, if you're following us on Facebook and Twitter, I keep saying it, but I got to say it again because this is an open conversation. We want you to join in. Send us your feedback. Let us know what you're thinking, what your thoughts are, and we want to be able to follow up with you at a later time. Thank you, Peggy. Thank you, Patrick, Hugh, Ivory, Gabby, Toby, Hetty. Thank you so much. All these E's on the end of your names. Thank you (laughs) so much for... Take joy, my King, in what you hear, and let it be a sweet sound in your ear. We sincerely hope and pray that this podcast is a sweet sound in your ear. We also hope you'll join the conversation online, because Music with a Mission doesn't end here. So check out TSC Music on Facebook to share your thoughts and get regular updates. Follow us on Twitter at TSC Music Tweet for live tweets during every podcast interview. You can even tweet your questions for our podcast guests by using the hashtag MWMPodcast. And of course, you can always email us at music at timesquarechurch.org or visit the website tscnyc.org slash music. Portions of music in this podcast provided by TSC Music, produced by the director of TSC Music, Greg Thomas, mixed and engineered by Harry Vaughn, and I'm the project manager, Jesse Carrasco. Coming up next week, we'll hear testimonies from the YPC members who've just returned from a mission trip to the Netherlands. And again, remember, if we ever put the messenger before the message, we fail to present an unblemished gospel. I'm Greg Thomas. Join us next time on Music with a Mission.